Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another broadcast of Obstruction to Justice. I'm Ann Moles, and what a day it has been. It's been kind of quiet on the home front. It has, and I am just kind of glad about it. I got quite a bit of work done today. How about you? I'm so glad that you joined Uh, obstruction to justice today and you know you know the deal what we do here on obstruction to justice we talk about um, economics uh, politics uh, business of course that's my favorite and just things uh, that are going on with you and your community huh you want to chime in go ahead and chime in And, um, you know, we'll just have a good old time. I do want to send out my condolences to uh, the Richards family. There is a, um, there was a dear, dear young person, a great person that really uh, very kind and a lot, uh, had a lot going on for the community here in Oak Grove, Missouri. And, um, you know, she was just a blessing and she has since passed. Take care of yourself, guys. You know, we don't know the day or the hour or the time, but she was a very kind person. And we just want to send our condolences out to the family and um, just uh, keep them up in prayer, um, the Richards family. All right. Well, you know the deal. We're out here hanging out, and uh, you can definitely chime in, and and uh, there is an open discussion today. What I do want to talk about, though, I want to introduce some bills. So we, I get this, uh, the notifications, and this is really a cool thing to do if you are busy, if you are busy, uh, to share uh get a hold to these different bills. There's some bills out here that uh, I'm going to go ahead and share this and we're, we'll take a quick look. Uh, GovTrack, GovTrack.us. You can actually sign up through GovTrack.us and from there, stay up on the different bills that are going uh, out from your legislation, legislature. So it's uh, congressional bills. And here, this one that we're looking at now, this is the SJ Resolution 26, Ulysses S. Grant Bicentennial Recognition Act. And this was introduced, a sponsor for this particular uh, act or resolution is Roy Blunt, and, I, and he is a Republican here in the state of Missouri. He's the sponsor, and he's the senior citizen. <laughs> he's the senior senator. <laughs> he might be a senior citizen too. Good for him because it's good. To, it's a good thing to to get older. Uh, but he is the sponsor and senior senator. For Missouri. Uh, he's a Republican. 
and it was introduced uh, this past September, well, a couple of few days ago here last week, and um, it was introduced, and this act is a joint resolution to provide for the appointment of Ulysses S. Grant to the grade of general of the armies of the United States. And I'm like, I thought he was already a general. So now we get to kind of raise an eyebrow because I thought the history book said that um, he was already a general. Ulysses S. Grant Bicentennial Recognition Act. And of course, this resolution is at the first stage of the legislation, the process, and was introduced to Congress on September 22nd. Uh, 2021. Now it has one co-sponsor who is a Democrat and the source for this information here at govtrack.us is uh, of course the congress.gov. So you can definitely go out there and check out congress.gov and that's uh, an official site where it does publish information. So it was introduced, which means that bills and resolutions are referred to committees which debate the bill and before that's before it um, possibly it will be sent possibly sent to um, the whole chamber so that's kind of how it is and then once it gets through that uh, going through the different chamber it goes through the committee itself and if it's passed at, at the committee uh, level, then it goes to the Senate. And if they pass it, then it goes to the House. And then if the House passes it, then it goes to the president for signatures. So that's what this is. Now, I just found this interesting that uh, Ulysses S. Grant, I, I thought he was uh, general. Hmm. So you can, and let's go ahead, I'm going to click over here at uh i'm gonna go here to details and see what it has so details doesn't give much information of course if we click on co-sponsors it's gonna give more information about the co-sponsors who the primary sponsor is and uh, those that are on the committee so you'll see others who are a part of that committee that um would get a chance to take a look and, and provide the vote if there's enough interest in that act or resolution there. Uh, let's go to text. So it gives quite a bit of history about why they put in the resolution. Uh, so it um, does say here, joint resolution, uh, may be cited as the Ulysses S. Grant Bicentennial Recognition Act, and it has different findings. Congress finds the following. And let's see, March 3rd, 1799, Congress created the grade of General of the Armies of the United States as the Commander of the Army of the United States. So that is Fifth Congress, and that, that is uh, where it was mentioned or on March 17, 99, March 3rd, 1799. And it gives a history here, March 16th, 1802, Congress effectively dissolved the grade of the armies of the United States 
when it states when it passed the Military Peace Establishment Act without reference to the grade. Okay, so here we go. And then on July 1st, 1843, Ulysses S. Grant graduated from the United States Military Academy at West Point on and on July 31st, 19, excuse me, 1854, Grant resigned from the Army at the grade of captain. Okay, so now it's coming up on here too. Like, why does he need to have this resolution passed? Well, following President Lincoln's, Abraham Lincoln's April 15, 1861 proclamation calling for 76, 75,000 volunteers to suppress Confederate forces, Ulysses S. Grant rejoined the Army and helped recruit and train volunteer soldiers for the Union. So here, uh, and then number five over the item five here where it was cited, over the course of the American Civil War, Ulysses S. Grant commanded a cumulative total of over 620,000 Union soldiers and achieved major victories, including Fort Henry. So it mentions all of the campaigns that that he fought in the war and the victories. So now here on February 29th, 1864, Congress reestablished the grade of Lieutenant General of the United States Army and authorized the president to appoint by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, an officer who was most distinguished for courage, skill, and ability. And so the 38th Congress, Session 1, uh, Chapter 14, Section 1, that same day, President Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, nominated Ulysses S. Grant to be Lieutenant General. So, it, and it gives more information. So here, it just, he was Lieutenant General. He was a general, but he wasn't uh, a big general general of the armies of the United States. So that's what they're wanting to do, provide a resolution that Ulysses S. Grant Bicentennial Recognition Act. Okay, Uh, that's what our Missouri guy is doing here. Uh, Yes or no? I, I, I don't know. Is it something that's super important to do? Uh, what better, what better, uh, what, what, I mean, Bicentennial Recognition Act for Ulysses S. So the guy's been dead for a while. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, people do great things and, and everything. And, um, uh, one way or another, you know, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, you know, fighting for to union, Unionize, bring the United States of America back together. He fought for the union of the United States of America. So, okay. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, drop a line if you want to. Uh, one way or another, I don't know as far as time constraints and financial issues. And, you know, there are other things that's going on with the federal government, you know. So, anyway, that's one. Think about that one. Let's look at, um, here is, and we'll go ahead and, 
unpin this and we'll since we're done with that one let's share another one I'll take a look at another here and see what you think about that so let's look at the uh, Kenneth P. Thompson Begin Again Act. Let's look at that one. Now, the Kenneth P. Thompson Begin Again Act, it's, uh, it's a bill to provide first-time, low-level, nonviolent, simple possession offenders an opportunity to expunge that conviction after successful completion of court-imposed probation. Okay. Uh, I think that's, what do you think? A bill to provide first-time, low-level, nonviolent, simple possession offenders an opportunity to expunge that conviction after successful completion of court-imposed probation. I think that's a pretty good idea. I do. I think it's a pretty good idea. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, there's, uh, you know, there was legislation passed, uh, the three strikes and uh, all of the no tolerance to drug use and all of that that came about in the 90s. And, you know, a lot of times people were incarcerated and then convicted of uh, felonies, which goes on your record, you know, and what can you do? You know, you have a felony on your record because of drug use and everything or getting caught with drugs. And what do you do? You know, I, I think it's a good idea, a great idea to give uh, an American uh, another chance. Low level. I mean, even those slow, what is it, class D felonies, they stick around. So when you're going to look for a job, and we're taught, this is economics here. You're going to go look for a job. And the first thing on that application, or one of the main things that they ask on an application is, have you been convicted of a felony uh, the past, what, seven years or whatever? So that takes away an opportunity to do better and income. And we were talking about too, uh, where people, when, when, uh, passing along opportunities or, you know, you're not able to work and you're not able to invest and you're not able to, you know, keep going. So it, it just, it just hinders, hinders a person. So I, I think it's a great idea. Um, a great resolution. Actually, it it uh, would be an uh, an act itself. It's uh, here. There are three sponsors for it: two Republicans and one Democrat co-sponsors, rather. And then the prognosis that we're looking at. And this is just what's the likelihood of it passing. It, right now, it has an eleven percent chance of being enacted according to Scopos Labs, okay, and they have some information out there about why they think that. Now, this order was reported. It was introduced. It was introduced September 23rd, 2021. So a few days ago, uh, I think it's uh, a good idea. So it was introduced. 
It's uh, been considered by Senate Committee on the Judiciary and uh, order reported. So it's going through some stages here. A committee has voted to issue a report to the full chamber recommending that the bill be considered further. Only about one in four bills are reported out of committee. So if this bill has further action, the following steps may occur next. So then it'll go to the Senate and see if it will pass there. Then it'll go to the House vote and we'll see if it passes there. And if it does, then of course it's going to be signed by the president and it will be a bill. All right. So I think it's a good idea. I think it will help Americans, um, you know, especially, oh, well, there's opioid issues, aren't there? Uh, People getting uh, stuck and, you know, hooked on prescription drugs. Yeah. So, you know, even though it's not illegal drugs, what what does it do? I mean, it it kind of snowballs into it could snowball into many different things. So, a person can find themselves in a in a bad way. So, I think that that is a good idea. I think it's a good idea. So, uh what do you think? Let let me know. Put it in the chat. Okay. Uh Brother Hollins, Frank Hollins, thanks for joining. Um, Okay. All right. Now, Frank Hollins says, I'm needing more information. Me having a nonviolent felony record needing expunging. Okay. Well, uh, just uh, mm, something to think about. And yeah, that would be cool to to get some more research on that. Needing more information on that? Sure. So that's where we would do the research. Why? I I think one thing about Frank Hollins, I know a little bit about him. He helps people in the community. The church that he's a part of and with him being the guy, he helps people in the community. And they found themselves, people find themselves in all different situations to where they are at a disadvantage right so if this could be something that he maybe you'll follow up on it frank see whether or not it's something that can help someone down the line where you're more knowledgeable about it and you know this is an opportunity for us to talk about and chat about some things and follow up maybe you know getting a hmm moment thinking about it yourself to say yeah this is something that i think i want to get more information on and be able to help people on with. Okay, cool. All right. So now I want to share, let's go ahead and share this other one here. We have another uh, R- uh, resolution here. Now here's one. Now we were talking about the drugs, right? So rule opioid abuse prevention act. Yeah. So this is a bill to amend the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968 to provide for the eligibility of rural community response pilot programs for funding under the Comprehensive 
opioid abuse grant program and for other purposes. Now, what happened in 1968? There is a lot of go things going on in 1968 and the 60s. A lot of turmoil and everything. So in doing a little bit more research, I would like to know what the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968, you know, a little bit more detail about that. Uh, but what they're finding and what the legislature wants to do, they want to uh, put in an act hmm, or add to it a rule op opioid abuse prevention act. So they want to amend this Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968, want to put in something into it, amend it, change it a bit, so that it includes opioid abuse uh, response pilot programs for funding. And it looks like under the Comprehensive Opioid Abuse Grant Program. So there's a opioid abuse grant program that they're wanting to uh, either support and get that information in there and for other purposes. Now, when they say other purposes, that kind of makes me, makes me wonder, well, what, what else is in, what else is in the bill hmm? or introduce introduction of what, it, what else is in the bill? So of course, right now, it's introduced. It was introduced September 22nd. And it, the sponsor is John Ossoff, senior senator for Georgia. He's a Democrat. There's one Republican co-sponsor. And right now, it looks like there's a 2% chance of being enacted, uh, according to Scopos Labs. Scopus Labs. And of course, the source, you can always go to congress.gov to find detailed information. So it's been introduced, but and one co-sponsor is assigned to it, but not, not much else. So will it help? Yeah, will it help? Is it something that uh, what they're talking about amending? This act may be cited as the Rural Opioid Abuse Prevention Act. Now, when they say amended, and I'm getting ready to take us to this little doozy here. This is the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. Now, believe it or not, that's what's in this little booklet. Uh, you would think that it's a big volumes, volumes. Nope, there's no big volumes. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. Now, this is compliments of Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College. If you want to get information and more information about the uh, United States uh, Constitution, they have training uh, modules out there that's pretty interesting pretty interesting. And um, I find it interesting. So I would go out there if you're more interested yourself <laughs> and see what's up with it. Hillsdale College. And you could find this information 
uh, hillsdale.edu. Okay. Now I asked them to send this to me. Okay. You can request it. And so that's what this is. Hmm? The Declaration of Independence. So when you're talking about, when they're talking about uh, going out and uh, striking and putting in instead of, right? So uh, section 3021 of Title uh, One of the Omnibus Control, Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1865 is amended. So that's what they're wanting to do. So they're wanting to put in, uh, the in subparagraph, they, they want to strike the word and. And in the subparagraph, they want to strike the period at the end and inserting a semicolon and and semicolon and okay so this is the the little when you're talking about the the law the constitution uh different amendments of the law it could be as simple as adding or taking away words or strikes punctuation things like that and by adding at the end of the following. So here they want to add at the at the end, they want to put in the uh, item number F, rule pilot program. Yeah. So you know, if it helps, if it helps, I, I think they want to include because here's funding, right? So here's funding, uh, opioid abuse prevention. That's funding. Drug abuse isn't just in inner cities. And drug abuse isn't just what is maybe considered illicit drugs. You know, hardcore, what we know, hardcore drug addicts, uh, crack and uh, heroin and things like that. Drug abuse is drug abuse. Drug addiction is drug addiction. And these opioids are, are no joke either. They're no joke. All right. So what do you think? What do you think um, this bill uh, or this, yeah, this bill, whether or not it's a good one? Yeah. It's, it was introduced. Not much happening with it, but they're putting it out there. All right. So that's pretty cool. I think that they're doing something, right, to help people with drugs. Let's look at, uh, let's see here. There's a couple more. There's a couple more. And then we're going to get into just a couple other slides here to talk about economic soul. <laughs> you know it, economic soul. All right. So here, there. here's an interesting bill. And this is a bill that would establish Rosa Parks Day as a federal holiday on December 1st, the day she instigated the Montgomery bus boycott. Mm -hmm. So this is a bill, it, this would be the first federal holiday to honor a woman. You ever think about that? I, wow. I mean, women, rep, we're how, how percent, percentage wise of population, a little bit more than 50% here as far as population and 
Not one federal holiday has been uh, to honor a woman. That's, that's pretty messed up, I think. So here, Representative, he's a Democrat, uh, Jim Cooper is uh he brought this and it looks like it was announced here september 17th and govtrackinsider.com is where this article is for explaining now of course for Ro those who don't know who rosa parks is they give a great explanation of what she did on december 1st 1955 a black woman named Rosa Parks refused to give up her Montgomery, Alabama bus seat for a white pa passenger. Her conviction and fine led to the Montgomery bus boycott, one of the pivotal events of the 1950s through 1960s civil rights movement. So now we know as far as African-American history, Rosa Parks was not the first one to refuse to give her seat to a white passenger. And this is uh, where uh, Jim Crow laws, Jim Crow laws in the South said that African-Americans, if they were to ride the bus, had to sit in the back of the bus. Now, if uh, all of the seats in the back of the bus were full, then what do you do? you know, you stand. Um, so she uh, refused to give up her Montgomery, Alabama, uh, bus seat for a white passenger. I'm wondering if the bus gets full and, and this was Jim Crow, if the bus was full and a white passenger came on and it may have been in a black section, what do you do? Do you have, did you have to give up your seat then? Well, she said no, regardless if she was sitting in the front of the bus or in the back of the bus, she was not going to give up her seat. And, and yes, she wasn't the first one to, to do this. There was another person, I can't remember their name right now, but I'll grab it and bring it back in, in a couple of weeks or so. But this person, uh, you know, she she was just done. She was the one that was credited to refuse uh, to give up her seat. And she had had enough. And this is what started uh, one of the pivotal moments or events that um, was part of the 1950s and 60s civil rights movement. All right. So what do you think? Federal holiday in honor of Rosa Parks. Now, when she passed, they did lay her body in state um, to where you could view the body on, on uh, public grounds. So her funeral was pretty, pretty, a pretty big deal. But just to know, too, that her living, she did a lot of sacrificing. Yeah, you know, when you're famous, you'll do something. And you'll, you'll get famous for it or whatever, but fame doesn't last forever when it comes to fame and economics. You, you don't always get, get your bills paid. And she went through and struggled a lot being a senior citizen and taking care of herself from what we understand. So, but what do you think? You know, here's a way to honor. And I think it would be a great idea. Uh, what other women 
could you think of? What other woman, American woman, could you think of that would be uh, great uh, to introduce and to celebrate as a federal holiday here in the United States of America? Hmm? What other person? So if you have an idea, go ahead and chime in and, and we'll bring that up too. All right. I think it's a good idea. All right. So now, uh, one other, and we're going to be done here in a little bit, but one other bill that I've been really paying attention to, it is the RH, the RH. 1011. Okay, and this is where it is a bill that will, that considers, this bill declares that the right of life guaranteed by the Constitution is vested in each human being at all stages of life including the moment of fertilization, cloning, or other moment at which an individual comes into being. Nothing in this bill shall be construed to authorize the prosecution of any woman for the death of her unborn child. So that's not what it's about. What it's about is life at conception to pass a law that will state and that will uphold to implement equal protection under the 14th article of amendment of the constitution for the right to life of each born and preborn human person. Okay. So it would go in the 14th article, the 14th amendment of the constitution. Implement this. RH 1011. Okay. And lots of house of representatives and it is a bill. It's a right to life bill. The short title for it is this act may be cited as the life at conception act. You know, I always did say, um, you know, when when does life begin? Now, you know, I've even heard some some pastors and some uh, some state that life, you know, doesn't begin. The conception of life maybe starts at the consciousness when consciousness is there. And but I think that it it starts at conception. You know, because without the conception, there would still be no growth to consciousness, I believe. So, yeah, I think that that bill is um, is important because then it becomes protected as the human being is protected at the moment of conception. Article 14th, the 14th uh, under the Constitution. 14th Amendment to the Constitution for the right to life of each born and pre-born human person. Human person. 
That's something. Because then you don't call it non-human. You know, terms of uh, people who support abortion, they use every term to say that that, that uh, those they call them cells or growth or whatever, but they don't call it a human being. But it is a human being. Even at that stage of conception, it's still a human being. And there's big business. Now I heard cloning. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> there's big business in, in uh, body parts. Yeah. There's big business in uh, different types of body parts and where they come from. I... I'm very sensitive to the subject and I haven't really gotten it together to where I can discuss it, you know, without the frustration. So I'm going to leave it be with that. But I believe that RH-1011 Life at Conception Act needs to do what it needs to do and it needs to, to, uh, to pass. It needs to, to pass. I think so. All right. So here, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, okay. So we're good on that one. And I'm just going to go out here. I have to do this. <laughs> I have to do this. I'm not going to be able to hit it for very long, but I'm going to hit this. Huh? What do you think? <laughs> I know I got to have some soul power. Yeah, Brother James Brown, 1971. How about that long, that long 12-inch version of that song? Now, for all you J-Beers, uh, that's a skate style. J-B skate style in Chicago. Uh, you probably still skate off this jam, huh? James Brown, Soul Power. You gotta, you gotta have some. Give it to me, Soul Power. Hey! Soul Power. Huh. It, soul power. Oh boy, you got to have it. That's Soul Power. And why is it important? Why is it important? Have some soul going on. So, we're going to talk about it. Let's chat. Let's go ahead and chat just a few minutes here. Economic soul. Economic soul. And as promised, we're, we're going to continue on with the conversation. The black tax, the cost of being black in America. Sean D. Rochester wrote this book and yes there is a section here and if you have that book guys look page 118 page 118 it talks about the power of phd which we talked about how to get a free phd already check out the previous broadcast a couple of weeks ago and huh soul soul and i call it economic soul but Soul, the way that 
Sean Rochester explains it in his book. It stands for, it's an acronym that stands for stewardship, ownership, and there's a small U there, and legacy. Now, the small U to me can be a big U because without you, without me, without us participating, will, would stewardship, ownership, or legacy, would it even be important? (laughs) That's that's my big question about it. So when they're talking about stewardship, when they're talking about stewardship, the practice of stewardship uh, to, to have something, to be a good steward over what you have, over what you own, huh? taking care of, of what you have, um, making sure that you're not overspending or spending and just spending it all up. You know, are you a good steward over your finances? Uh, that's, that's really what he's talking about here. Are you a good steward over, over the finances? What about um, the ownership? Good steward over your finances so that you can aspire and grow to ownership. Now, I'm already going to say too, I'm not going to to beat anyone over the head. I'm not even going to beat myself over the head for uh, when it comes to home ownership. There's there's property ownership. Now, home ownership, if that's something that you aspire to do, and we already know the different stumbling blocks and issues that African-Americans experience on the road to home ownership. So we already understand that. And that's really what the black tax is all about, the cost of being black in America. And it shows and it explains the different issues and stumbling blocks and taxes, financial disadvantages and costs that African-Americans pay, have paid uh, to where they're not able to get to that level of home ownership. It's going to cost more, uh, the savings issue. And, you know, we know even as being uh, African-Americans, I'm sure we ourselves, if not ourselves, friends or family members have experienced uh, last one hired, first one fired, being underemployed and, and unemployed. We talked about unemployment rate. So stewardship is important. And I, you know, I can, we can take a look and see what, what Rochester says, but also to know that it's not a hard word. It's just what it is. Am I taking care of what I have? Is it, am I making it better? And that's another thing. You go into some neighborhoods where there is blight and that's where people don't live there anymore. There's a lot of abandoned buildings there. Uh, Businesses aren't there. So a lot of abandoned buildings. And uh, the city, cities do something about that as well. You'll see some of the, those abandoned homes or buildings. They'll show up on property tax um, records. So you could buy the, the building or the home for, um, you could buy the building or the home for the taxes that were owed on it. You know, some, a lot of times, things get wrapped up in the court system and maybe, you know, abandoned. 
So the taxes don't get paid. And there you go. All right. All right. Here, <laughs> here goes Frank Hollins. He says, I remember way back in the day, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Open up the door. I'll get it myself. James Brown, Economic Soul. You've got it, Frank. That's that's the dude, huh? huh? They call him the godfather of soul. That's that's his title. And I don't know anybody else, any other American or any any other human being <laughs> in this whole world that has has that title, that has had the title and has that title. James Brown the godfather of soul and yes i call this economic soul that's what's up don't want nobody to give me nothing open up the door i'll get it myself uh and that's kind of what what he he even when he was here he he was a revolutionary in his music that james brown man and you know i think Believe it or not, I thank God for people like him. Those are gifts, talents, and voices. Voices that speak up for people and groups of people that can't speak up for themselves or who are in an oppressed state. When I was a little girl, I actually saw James Brown in concert. I did. I saw him in concert. Now, I don't remember it much. I was the little, little girl on the shoulders. They would carry me around to all of these demonstrations. <laughs> yep, my cousins, they sure did carry me. And he was playing at a park. He was playing at a park in the town where I was. And I tell you, they were, he was going at it. And enjoying we were enjoying the music but i was there and it turned into him sharing too and speaking up against social injustice he was in speaking to and even encourage the people so yeah i remember it i don't remember much of what he said i don't know seems like we might have had to do some running too <laughs> if I, yeah i mean it was back in the day it was what it was Huh? The Godfather of Soul, James Brown. His lyrics spoke of economic soul. Thanks for reminding us, Brother Frank Hollins. Thanks for reminding us of that. So here we go. Ownership. Have something. Hmm? And you know, the thing about the opioid addiction and uh, drug offenders, you know, Things, mistakes that people make in life, they cost and they keep on costing. Yeah, they cost and they keep on costing. So do your best to, uh, to abstain, refrain, choose a lifestyle that's going to be a blessing to you and not hinder. And for those of us, and I say us, none of us are perfect who have made mistakes or bad choices, uh, even when with ownership, it, look, these different relationships, you, you know, you're hanging out with Pookie or Ray Ray or, or uh, Jason or John, and they just like to be on their computers and nobody wants to do anything with their lives. They don't want to own anything. You know, 
do better. Do better if we can and strive to do better. And this is something uh, that he encourages. Sean Rochester encourages in his book. And then that way you, (laughs) that you was there, can leave a legacy. You can leave a legacy. So it's important to leave a legacy. Leave something. Leave something. Leave something more than some clothes and some shoes. I remember some one time somebody gave me some shoes, and these were some bad shoes. And I put these shoes on. I, you know, I don't, I don't mind gifts, hand-me-downs or gifts, but these shoes, they were some very hey, back in the day, they were it. But they started falling apart. They were so old. They were so old and they just started falling apart. Now, uh, we don't want to leave things that that fall apart. We want to do our best to be good stewards, have something, own it, and then share in a legacy that can keep on giving, can keep on being a blessing, and you can hand it down. Land is always good because, look, you might can uh you buy the land and pay the taxes on the land and then you can put whatever house you want on the land yeah so the house gets old that generation they done lived in the house tear that one down and build a new one because the land is paid for and it'll be cheaper because what costs really is the land yeah so keep your taxes up come on soul power Wow, what a great song. All right, let's, because I'm almost done here. Uh, Of course, we mentioned free PhD. So purchase, hire, and deposit black. Yeah, and we're talking about the social group. Do your best to purchase. Be dedicated to purchase from black-owned businesses. Yeah, hire. So then that Black-owned business can hire other African-Americans. And it strengthens the group. It strengthens the community. And then when you make that money, more money, more money, then you deposit it in a Black-owned bank. So we're going we're gonna to follow through some processes here and share what we discover about soul. Mm-hmm. and PhDs. Yeah. Uh, support Black businesses, not just support them, but have a conscious mind to su- seek them out and encourage them. If they're not up to par, I think that it's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Don't talk about them, but share with them where they're not up to par because even European uh, and other businesses they want your feedback, these different surveys, right? So they want your feedback to, so that you tell them where they're not measuring up to doing good business and being the best business rate, you know, the rating. How how likely are you to shop with us again? How likely are you to refer us to uh, your a friend? You know, they'll ask those questions. So there's nothing wrong with, uh, sharing what you find if it's not up to par with African-American businesses, you know, and African-American businesses, 
as an African-American business owner, I don't mind. Sure. You know, drop me a line if something's not quite right. Yeah. So that I know to fix it so that the next person that cruises and hangs out on the website or, uh, you know, whatever, it's like, okay, well, it's, it will be on point. Let's not talk about, uh, how, you know, all they just, they're just not up to a standard. Oh gosh. You know, money will put you on a standard too. Customers will put you on the standard. They sure will. You have people to where you got X amount more employees that can help help you build up things. Shoot, you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah, small business. When they say small business, usually it's a guy or it's a girl, you know, a couple, a couple of uh, partners or whatever, a partner. So, yeah, definitely, definitely give that feedback. So if you find something that's not quite right with the Black-owned business, let them know. Let them know. Don't write a bad review. Oh, the, the social media. Oh, yeah, they you just over. Well, no, let them know. Give them, give them the benefit of the doubt that they just didn't know. And then uh, tell them, you know, what it is. And maybe, I mean, shoot, if you do more business with them, next time go check it out and see if they fix the problem. Yeah, you ain't got to tell uh, some folks, business owners, more than once. It's like we're on it right now because it just takes one click, doesn't it? Sure does. All right. the uh, And don't forget to visit www.asbnc.com for your corporate and computer training needs. Any type of training that you're in need of. So if you're needing to bring your skill set up to speed, uh, contact us. If we don't have the class, then we can refer you to uh, uh, some classes or a place that can get you that that skill set, that training in that area that'll take you a little farther down the road. Uh, yeah, check us out. If you if your team needs content development, if you need a learning management system evaluation or consultation your learning management system a lot of them are outdated now they just look very outdated so you want to contact us and we can get you some consulting on what to do to make it better we'll definitely uh, get in touch with you about that click that contact us link and set up a time look a little 15 minute 20 minute uh, conversation and we'll get you on your way for sure. Well, definitely. I had fun. I had fun. What about that James Brown? I tell you, James Brown. Let me post that again, Brother Frank. I remember way back in the day, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. I, said, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Open up the door. I'll get it myself. That's James Brown. Mm, soul power, economic soul. Good night to you too, my sister. Uh, oh, my brother. Oh, brother Frank. Yes. Good night to you, my brother. God bless you guys too. And uh, thanks for joining. And uh, I always say, I always say, you take care. And I always say, if the Lord says the same, I'll see you next time. I'm not sure
Justice. 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 Justice.